Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. Welcome to a very rare and very special episode 84 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Uh, Rare in that this is a Wednesday episode. It always comes out on Tuesday, but this week, Labor Day was here, and I did not plan very well at all. So I got back from my Labor Day trip late Monday night and realized, oh my gosh, I've done nothing to prepare. So, (laughs) yep, so this is coming out on a Wednesday Thank you so much for hanging in there. Like I said, this is episode 84 of the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books, or in today's case, with guest author and poet Beth Gordon, you're going to hear some poems. And it's a really cool format we're doing. I've gone back to a format with the poetry of that we'll talk for a while, then we share a poem. We talk about that, and then we share another poem. And you're going to hear four different poems from her debut book, Morning Walk with Dead Possum, Breakfast, and Parallel Universe. <laughs> it is, it, it, I know it sounds like, what did he just say? Trust me, you're in for a real treat, okay? She is a lovely guest, and you're going to love this. I, I've got so much to talk about with this, uh, with this episode, and so much I want to share with you. The, the feels are real right now, um, so stay tuned. It's coming up in just a minute. Hey, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Just you know, look for the show name. The show is on YouTube. You can see the cover art for the book in every episode. It's going to be showing right as you're listening to the episode. You can also contact us if you would like to reach out to the show or if you know an author that you would like to have come on the show that you want to recommend. Make sure you reach out to me at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com and I will get right back to you as quick as possible. I know I've got several people on hold right now waiting for me to get back to them because August was so crazy. And uh, I, if you're listening, I will be getting back to you right away. It's been a, it's been a crazy month. Anyway, I do always appreciate reviews. You know, if you want to leave a review for the show on some platform, wherever it is you're listening to the show, I really appreciate that. But For me, number one, make sure when you find a book because of this show that you enjoy, like today, if you go and you check out uh, Beth Gordon's book, make sure you go leave a review. That would make me more happy than anything else if somebody went in and found this delightful book because of the show and read it and enjoyed it and then you leave a review. So don't forget to go do that. I've said before, uh, what I will do for every book that I read is I start on Goodreads. I put my review on there. I then copy and paste it over onto Amazon uh, or wherever it is I got the book. But I try and spread it as many places as I can. I'm going to be adding BookBub to that list here before long. I'm trying to get better about how many other places that I post my reviews. But reviews are vital. Authors live and die for them. I just got a new review on my book. So thank you so much, Flinders. So I don't know who it was, but so happy that you enjoyed it. Thank you for checking it out. So let's move on from that. And I want to make sure and give a big old shout out and thank you to longtime sponsor, You Store All. If you are in the Warrensburg, Missouri area and you are seeking self-storage, look no further than You Store All. They've been in business for more than 40 years. And let me tell you, you don't run any kind of business for that long without being the best at what they do. They have clean facilities, solar power to help keep a their carbon footprint uh, to a minimum, climate control and non-climate control, fully fenced-in facilities, so many great security features, you won't even believe it. Check them out online at ustoreall.net. That is the letter U S T O R. A-L-L dot net. I also want to thank Pop Goes the Culture for being a wonderful friend to the show. They share every one of our episodes. They have a number of other amazing podcasts, including their flagship show, Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. Just came back as of Labor Day weekend, so they've got their first episode. Just came back up. It's season two of that is back up, and uh, Joey and the guys are back at it again, and That was a lot of fun. Uh, So make sure you get on over, click the link in the show notes 
for popgoesaculture.com and see everything they have to offer. It's they they are a lot of fun. I do also want to make sure and say thank you to my favorite writing software, Scribner. They've been a wonderful sponsor for the last uh, almost six months now, and I I just love them to death. Uh, hoping to continue this great relationship that we've got. And, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for some way to move your writing up to the next level and no more scrolling, no more looking for your note of, oh my gosh, where did I put the note about this person's name? Or where did I say they were supposed to meet? You need to get Scribner. That's, that's all there is to it. Bottom line, all of your research is right there in hand. You want to move a chapter around, you can do that just by shifting it around just like a place card check it out it is so cool i can't recommend it enough and here shortly you're going to hear a commercial about scrivener so make sure you tune in for that so you don't miss out on the special coupon code because hey who doesn't like to save money well like i said uh, you know labor day was over the weekend it really threw me off as far as getting back into the show so i apologize that this episode is a day late but i gotta tell you I don't regret the weekend I had. It was, we had such a wonderful, restful weekend. Uh, We were way up in the northern part of the Mark Twain Lake area. The weather was beautiful. I mean, the sun was out, but it was in the 60s. Nice, cool breeze. The campfire felt incredible. Oh my gosh. The only thing, if I could ask for anything else, it'd be that... uh, you know, not so many party boats were down in my cove where I was trying to fish. Doggone it, people. Don't you know when the old man's down there fishing? Don't don't come down there with your boats. <laughs> but, you know, I, I had to laugh. I mean, you know, a bad day fishing is still better than a good day at work, right? Uh, I mean, unless, unless you're a podcaster. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. Because this is still a lot of fun, too. Anyway, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, very, very restful. And it was just, it was a good way to, for my wife and I to get away and really just kind of recharge the batteries and get back. And thank goodness, because I have been running nonstop since we got back. And, you know, like I said, we got this episode coming out a day late. So that's just one thing. Plus, I'm preparing for later this week, uh, tomorrow, as you're listening to this, Thursday, September 5th. Here in Warrensburg, we have a great big event going on. We did it last year. It's called Get the Red Out. It's a big University of Central Missouri event where we're uh, lots of businesses in the area are just kind of spreading awareness of who they are, and it's for the uh, for the university. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. There's gonna be thousands and thousands of people downtown on Holden Street. I'm gonna be there with the show. My friends at uh, Writers of Warrensburg. Uh, writing group we're going to be there they're going to be at the table right next to me and as a very special treat my sponsor you store all they're going to have their first ever booth right next on the other side of me so come on down and check it out if you are somewhere in the warrensburg missouri area this thursday it's going to be going on from 4 to 6 30 p.m come on down meet me meet the authors there's gonna be several previous guests that are in that club that are going to be on hand as well. Uh, we're going to be having books to give away. So come down. You could win yourself a free book from uh, from one of these authors. Uh, I can hand out some stuff I've got for the show. And, of course, you store all is going to be having some things to uh, to give away as well. They have a uh, – I was talking to the manager. He actually has got a really cool Vornado fan that they're going to be doing a raffle for. And if you don't know what Vornado is, I had to look it up myself. These are like – top of the line fans and apparently the manager he's just he's a huge <laughs> fan himself <laughs> of Vornado so he got one ordered particularly for this event and they're going to be raffling it off so get on down to Warrensburg Missouri Thursday September 5th from 4 to 6 30 downtown on Holden Street it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, yeah I hope to see you there so yeah this week we've got a poet with her debut book, uh, Beth Gordon, this was such a such a wonderful talk. We had we had a great conversation before and after the show, and you know she was just delightful. I mean, we talk about taking a chance, writing for healing, living without regrets, 
you know, and, and she says at one point, you know, don't forget to remember that life is for the living. And, uh, you know, some of her advice that she gives too is find a way to do your passions. I just, I mean, there was just so many things as I was going back through and editing, I'm writing down all these little tidbits and notes that, you know, things that she was given. I'm like, man, this is, she's got some great nuggets of information and great little tidbits for everybody out there. She really knows her stuff and her poetry was just, you know, I, I've come to appreciate poetry in its abstract and suggestive beauty. And, you know, I, I appreciate how the poet is telling a story, yet sometimes they do so using words and phrases that both seem out of place and yet at the same time perfect. And, you know, today is no exception. You know, Beth's poems have left me in awe. And uh, I'm really enjoying that aspect. Uh, one of the things I get to enjoy about this show is I get to have a poet on here once in a while. And although poetry has never really been a big part of my past, it is certainly going to be a part of my future. So you're in for a treat. Uh, like I said, we do a different format where we're going to be talking for a while and then you hear a poem. And, you know, we're going to build it up. We talk it up a little bit and then you hear the next poem. So stay tuned. We're going to have an uh, advertisement from our sponsor, Scrivener, and then we're going to dive right into our interview with Beth Gordon. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a beautiful episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Jason here, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. We have here in the house, poet Beth Gordon joining us. Well, I guess not in the house, but on the air. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because we got to talk a little bit before the show began, and you have a very interesting day job. I do. I, I am an executive recruiter by day, um, which, which means I spend um, 50 to 60 hours a week talking on the phone to people, um, about what they do for a living and talking to them about new jobs that they might be interested in. Very nice. I, I may have to, uh, well, no, that's not true. I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> You've got my email. You've got my email address. <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, <laughs> uh, and you know, and what was, what was really interesting whenever I got the email from Isabel, which, Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to, or any writers out there, if you're looking for somebody who knows how to reach out and, and grab uh, people's attention, Isabel Kenyon of Fly on the Wall Press, she she has been on it here lately. So uh, look her up, check it out. I, I was really interested that I got to looking things up a little bit. Oh, where in the world is Beth Gordon? Oh, she's in St. Louis right here in Missouri with me. That was, That's was right. expecting that. <laughs> yeah, small world. One thing I've learned in my day job, um, you know, talking to people every day all over the country is that the the six degrees of separation is <laughs> is more like two yeah. <laughs> or three at the most. And, and I mean that for real. Um, it, it's very interesting. It really is a small world. It is, yeah. It's, it always surprises me what, whenever I'm talking with authors on the show and then finding out, oh, yeah, we, we live in pretty close proximity or we're familiar with the same places or people, uh, mm -hmm. how many people we, we know. It, yeah, the world just kind of keeps getting smaller and smaller, even though it's, it's a big world. I remember when I first got into writing 
and looking at how big that world was and it just really scared me and now it's like wow we're quite the community and everybody's yep. everybody's pretty nice yes they are now this is your first book so have you have, you had, a, have you had a pretty good experience with it so far i i have had a great experience um this book uh, came to be after i went to um, Brooklyn in January of this year to participate in a poetry reading um, with a number of authors uh, who had been published in an online journal called Anti-Heroin Chic. And the publisher had decided to do a print edition and invited a number of us to come um, to Brooklyn and do a reading. And I had done a lot of poetry readings in the the greater St. Louis area and thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on the plane and I'm going to go. I hadn't been in that area in 20 years and I went and got to meet um, a lot of the the poets I knew from, you know, from various journals, from Facebook, from Twitter, got to meet them in person, um, including Elizabeth Horan, who is the editor-in-chief of Animal Heart Press. And I met her and flew home the next day and landed at Lambert. And I had a message from Elizabeth saying that she wanted to publish my work. She, she wanted to publish a, a book. And I had been putting this manuscript together. I had put various versions of it together and it started sending it out. And once I knew who was going to be publishing it and kind of understood what she was attracted to in terms of my writing, I I cut some stuff out, added some things and, and sent it off. And, and here we are. And she, the whole team at Animal Heart press has been great. Elizabeth's great. Amanda, who's in Australia, and did the whole layout and design of the book and was just very patient with me because it was my first time. She's been great. Mela, um, who's another poet and um, has been helping with publicity and, and just the whole team. I'm a little bit spoiled because they're small press, you know, they give a lot of time and attention to their authors. And I I know that um, that won't always be the case, you know, and so I've gotten a little spoiled with this experience. Um, And it's, it's been a great experience for having my first book published. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It sounds, that sounds like, like a fairy tale almost. I mean, that's just lovely. It was. It was just all the stars aligned, and um, it's really been a a wonderful experience. You know, and one of the things about that that stood out to me, too, was that you took that chance to begin with, to fly out and go go there in the first place, and then you met those people, and next thing you know, here we are. Yep. Right, right. Uh, You know, I had... There's a lot of authors that wouldn't have done that. Right. And and I'm fortunate enough that I could. I mean, I also know that there are authors out there and not that I'm like, you know, some millionaire or anything, but I had the the financial means to book mm-hmm. that ticket and make yeah. that trip. And that and I I recognize that I'm fortunate to have that. Not everybody does. Um I don't take it for granted that I was, you know, I'm not like, well, everybody should just get on a plane and go to a reading of like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, I know that there's writers out there who who can't, you know, if a, if a journal online is charging three or five dollars for submissions, they can't do that. And so I, um, I have a lot of gratitude for the fact that I'm able at some level to, to do some things that will help get me noticed as a writer and and not everybody has those opportunities well uh, what we should probably do is is uh <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, introduce the name of the book because this is this is quite the fascinating title and i, I can't wait <laughs> to hear how this came about so morning walk with dead possum breakfast and parallel universe now yeah. where does where does that come from <laughs> So I'll I'll just preface this to you and to anybody listening that the story 
of this book and, and me getting back into writing is not, um, does not start with a happy beginning. Um, I've been writing, you know, since I can remember, since I could pick up a pencil, and I always wrote poetry. Like many of us, you know, entered adulthood with a lot of ideas of how I would keep writing, um, and, and then just was living a pretty ordinary life. I, I was married, I had kids, you know, all the things that we do in adulthood. I was working, I ended up being a single mom of three kids, managing a job, juggling that, you know, with with raising three children, um, and, and had not really had the time or mental energy to to write in a long time. Every now and then would go back to it, but it, it's like any kind of, well, for me, it's like, you know, going back to exercising, you know, it's a weak muscle and you, you have to, you have to practice again. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2013, um, I became a grandma. My my first grandchild was born April 1st, 2013. Um, her name was Daisy. And my youngest daughter was 17 when she had her. And so I had a lot of, I was a participant more and more as, as Daisy got older um, in helping um, my daughter. And by September of 2013, my daughter and Daisy were living with me. And then on November 6, 2013, Daisy went to sleep and didn't wake up. She died of SIDS, they call it. It used to be called crib death. Um, you know, she was seven months old, perfectly healthy baby, and she she literally just closed her eyes and fell asleep. And I went out to run some errands. I got a call from my daughter, met you know, drove to St. Louis Children's Hospital. I had seen Daisy an hour and a half before and kissed her goodnight, and now she was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy, and the title, Parallel Universe to me, is making reference to the fact that it literally felt like the earth shifted. And I was now living a completely different life. The life I thought I was going to be living, which was, you know, helping to raise my granddaughter and everything that came along with that, it was gone. And, and of course, there's just all the unbearable sadness, you know, that I experienced that my daughter experience that her brother and sister experience, you know, the whole family, it changes, it changes everything. And that year, I also, I call it the year of the funeral because I think I went to six funerals that year, six significant funerals, Daisy's being the most um, significant, but lost other people. And it's all kind of a blur now, but in March, after Daisy died, I was at one of the gatherings after another funeral, and I sat down at a table next to um, a man, and I heard him say to somebody else, I'm a writer, and I turned to him and I said, I'm a writer too. Um, his name is uh, John Dora, J.D., I call him. Um and he and I started writing together. Um, and he introduced me to a writing group in Carlinville, Illinois. And we just started we started writing together almost every Friday night. Um, he lives out in Highland, Illinois. I live in St. Louis. I go out to the mini farm, I call it, and and we write. Um, I think the best analogy is to think of uh, like a, a band that gets together on Fridays and practices and, and we write. We don't write collaboratively, but we write, um, we kind of push, you know, inspire and motivate and uh, push each other. And so 
so I started writing, and the first year I wrote all the poems about about Daisy's death, and the second year I wrote all the poems about this amazing friendship that had transpired, and and the poems I wrote last year were because I was going to become a grandmother again, and I was facing you know the joy and fear of that, and also realizing that as they say, life is for the living and in trying to figure out how to continue to live my life with this tragedy now being a part of who I am, a part of who my whole family is. Mm. So parallel universe to me is I I often feel like I am living (laughs) in one of my parallel universes instead of living the life where or Daisy's alive, I'm, I'm living the life without her. So these poems speak to her death, but, but also speak to me trying to grapple with, with that idea of, of now what, you know, mm-hmm. now what do we do? And, and, you know, the, the, the good news is I'm, my grandson was born last March and my new granddaughter was born this April and and it's been wonderful and and I'm mostly over all my fears <laughs> but uh so so that's the this title poem which maybe I'll start with that I think I I said I was going to read another one first but but let's start with maybe we should start with that title poem um sure. yeah. because I wrote I wrote this poem last year uh probably October when it was coming up on the five-year anniversary of Daisy's death. And I was thinking about how every year it feels like it's happening again. People talk about grief and, you know, that time heals. And I I don't believe that's true. (laughs) I, I think there are ways to heal. I don't think time is one of them. To me, time is just, you know, more time I've lived without her, but so let's get this really sad, this really, really sad <laughs> poem out of the way first. The, the rest there are a little dark, but not, not this sad. Uh, morning walk with dead possum, breakfast in parallel universe. Freshly slaughtered by UPS truck, hungover driver, or the unnecessary text of my church-going neighbor reminding her husband to buy milk. It's what we've always feared. The morning news in my ear says a body is found on the Metrolink track, unidentified, no further details to share. And I wonder if they share an expression. No maggots or crows have arrived, a tiny river of blood still flowing from the marsupial mouth. I missed the murder by seconds, her surprised soul rising in a confusion of gravel and faulty breaks, the hushed vanishing steps ahead of mine. Had I not stopped to adjust my headphones, changed the podcast from Columbine to Vietnam, rounded this corner two minutes earlier, I would have witnessed the living thing, the conversion from mammal to rock. And I am aware of my refrigerator, of eggs I boiled for breakfast, of my other life with chickens and dirt an axe, an old tree stump, a lover, a plucking of feathers, my hands forever, the hands of death, reminding me that I am not important, and neither is this day in the queue of days and corners, of decisions to behead hens or turn left instead of right, of gunfire speaking to me from a magical box, of bars and libraries where I have discussed the survival of consciousness, the way calendars tell lies with candles and rare orchids, how time cannot be weighed like an enlarged heart, 
and I step over the carcass without flinching and call you to say, I hate this time of year, knowing she is going to die on a Wednesday, the circle unbroken. There will be no photos of her on a carousel pony. The calliope music grinds like an unwanted journey. I will fall again on the emergency room floor and someone will hand me this ghost of a baby. And again, I will memorize her surprised expression, her petal mouth, and again, I will speak her name like a spell, like a question, like a life where everything matters, not at all. Oh my. I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Oh, that is, uh, I think anybody would feel that, but uh, I became a grandparent for the first time in 2015 and I have four now and I couldn't imagine going through any of that for any of them. It just, wow. But no. this is such a, a wonderful way to express some of that through this poetry that's going to continue going. That's going to be there exactly for, for generations now. It It is. And, you know, after I had been writing again for a couple of years and started submitting and and started having poetry accepted and really, you know, it just sort of accelerated and getting a lot of poems accepted in a, a number of journals, you know, online and in print. And I would get that email or that thing from submittable, you know, and that little rush you get when it's been accepted, it's like a little drug, you know, <laughs> and, and I would, I would have that moment of exhilaration, and then I would have this moment of intense sadness, um, and cry, and, and think, you know, I, I would give every word back if, if it meant Daisy was still alive, but that's, you know, Th that's not how it works. And I, I do remember a moment, I, ha I've, I have a photo of her on on the wall, and I remember looking up at that and, and hearing her in my head pretty much saying, you know, stop, cut it out, stop crying. You know, this is the gift. This is, this is the gift, and do not squander it. Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, as anybody who's been listening to this show for any length of time, they've they've heard me say that it was it was finding out that I was going to be a grandpa is what got me back into writing because I had I had always dreamed that you know by now I'd be a published author and I'd be living the life of an author and you know mm -hmm. of course life gets in the way and that that's not what happened. Um, so it's it's always interesting to hear the inspiration behind you know, those of us who, you know, we, we had to take time away for, for life, for work, for whatever it was, you know, for our families. But it's it's always inspiring to hear that you got back to it. Uh, regardless right. of, of what that reason was, it was good that you got back to it. Exactly. And that, like you said, you know, knowing you're going to have grandchildren and I look back now and I, I don't, I don't tend to regret things because I think that's kind of pointless. But if I have, if I have a regret, it's that I didn't keep writing when my children were younger. I didn't, they didn't, they knew, they kind of knew that about me that I had, I hmm. used to write. Um, and the wonderful thing is in the last few years, all, you know, all three of my children have been like, this is awesome. Like this, they've been very supportive and, and they're all very creative too. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm modeling what I should have been modeling all along, but now I'm doing it. I'm showing them, you know, yes, you know, we all have the reality of, of making a living but find a way to do what you're passionate about. Yeah. You, you are in a sense, inventing your own language. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not, 
Nice segue, sir. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that, yes, that is the title. Um, not the title. That's the first poem in uh, in the book. And I would love to say that, you know, it had some great inspiration, but it this was really, I had terrible writer's block. I had, in 2018, I was just writing like crazy, and I just had like was in the zone and um and then I hit this moment where I'm like, okay, I've gotten really good at writing these certain kind of poems and I've I, I've explored these ideas and it's time to do something new and I kind of hit a wall. Um and so I was I was thinking about that like what like literally I need new words. Um also, one of the things I do in a lot of my poetry um, is I take different ideas, like different, I'll read a headline or hear something, somebody say something, somebody sitting next to me in a restaurant will say something interesting, I'll hear a line from the movie, and I'll, I'll think about how all those fit together. Um, and so the end of this poem was based on a story I read about an astronaut. It, but anyway, this is really just a fancy way to talk about having writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inventing a new language. I've been counting sparrow feathers for 1,800 days, and I'm as close to zero as I was the day I started. Splicing consonants from vampire, nouns from asphyxiation. Learning to navigate butter-thick pronunciations of hurricane fables, jellyfish stew, hush puppies, and mermaid bones. I'm telling you, I have no oxygen, no saliva, no palate, no tongue, no divine precognition to form the future syllables gnashing of teeth, tiny slivers of glass beneath my fingernails, robotic harmonies, air bubbles screaming like hunted rabbits inside copper pipes. I'm finding abandoned spoons in black Nebraska dirt, dormant tulip bulbs, the talking rag doll my father gave me on my third birthday when he emerged from the missile silo to help me blow up candles. The lilac dust in the back corner of my grandmother's lingerie drawer. I'm using a 3D printer to build a labyrinth from nursery rhymes and the lingering thunder of Emily Dickinson's burial gown. Reimagined fortresses of quartz of bloom reading the instructions to redesign my DNA, the source of my malfunction in mitochondrial couplets, like the astronaut who returned to Earth only to discover that he was no longer his twin's perfect genetic double. Wow, okay. That was fascinating. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I read a story. There was a story about an astronaut who had a twin and he spent all this time in like the space station. And, you know, they do all things about the, the effect uh, on the human body of being in space. And it, it's actually not the reports are not good. <laughs> like, we're not really meant. I mean, I I love the idea of space exploration and and you know going back to the moon and going to Mars. Um, but apparently, you know, this shell that we are given, this human body, doesn't do well in space. A lot of not great things happen to the human body. And this, when this astronaut returned to Earth, his DNA had been changed. Wow. And he, he and his twin were no longer like genetic doubles, which I was like, well, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Let me write a <laughs> poem about that. 
it sounds like you find inspiration everywhere with your with your I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I try to keep that part of my brain on. It's not always easy, you know, when when there's a lot of other things taking up space in my brain, but I I do try to keep that on and I also my friend JD and one of the things I learned from him, um, because, you know, when I started writing again, I was just writing about this very personal experience and explicitly writing about uh, my granddaughter's death. And I remember him reading a poem to me one night and I looked at him and I was like, how did you even think of that? You know, the imagination behind it. Um and it was just a reminder, of course, as writers, we're going to, to write what we know and we're going to start there. And I think that's important, you know, because part of being a writer is, is, is a kind of self-expression. But I think it's also important to push beyond that and to, to use your imagination um, and to, to pay attention. I mean, to me, poetry is everywhere. It doesn't have to be some, you know, grand idea. It can be as simple as reading an article about an astronaut, you know. Um, and and a, a, a lot of the things I, I write about start that way. I'll hear, I, I'll just hear somebody say something or see something and you know, on my phone, you know, in the notes section, I'll, I'm constantly <laughs> writing notes. And in fact, some of my closest friends, somebody one time, I, I was talking to him and, and he looked at me and goes, please don't write a poem about this. <laughs> 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 I said, all right, I hear you. You know, I'll, this, this one's, you know, off the table, uh, like a reporter. Well, yeah, you can, you can talk to me off record. <laughs> <laughs> my uh my work in progress the the novel i just i finished it uh, a couple months ago but i'm still editing and mm -hmm. i i had no plan for this it was just one of those spur of the moments the idea hit and i ran with it uh within a couple of days or about a week or so of it just started building but the original genesis was i was trying to find a way where maybe i could come up with an idea of of a story to tie in the show with writing. And I couldn't think of what to do. And I was on my way to my book club, or I went to my writing club and sat down. And as somebody was reading uh, their, their piece uh, to the group, uh, something about what they had said sparked, you know, some people laugh, some mm -hmm. people groan. And I happened to look over at one person who wasn't thrilled apparently with what was being said and the look on their face, just that's what sparked the inspiration for me. And all of a sudden I had the idea for this, this story and, and it's, it, it just kind of went from there. And yeah, yeah. It, it, this was like a week before November. So I was just like, okay, yep. I'm, I'm in for NaNoWriMo. Uh, I know what I'm writing because oh my gosh, this that's awesome just came that's out awesome. Of and yep. even though my writing group knows this story, they don't know who it was, and I'm not going to tell them. So <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like no, no exactly, no. exactly. The <laughs> names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yes. Yes. No, yep. no. I think that's um, yeah. I I I've had people say to me you know where do you get your ideas and it's like well everywhere yeah. you know just be open to that that you know the oddest thing will um, inspire mm -hmm. yeah and going over your table of contents I mean you you like to compare things I see there's a lot of uh, where you're comparing one thing with something completely outrageous Right, right. Well, those, so a lot of those are, yes, and, and I'm going to read one of those. And then there's a series of, of sonic crowns in this um, book, and they all have in which I compare. And I deliberately did that because those, each of those are sort of linked. It's, um, 
I'm not going to, well, uh, maybe I'll read one of those, but uh, <laughs> but we haven't really talked about me reading one of those, and they're a little more complex to talk about in terms of form. Um, but, but yeah, let's, let's read the, um, the one I was saying that you got to be really open to the humor, but there's some dark humor in here. I, I'm anxious because I, mean, I, I know the title, it, so I'm excited. Yeah, the title is In Which I Compare My Children to the Apocalypse on a Friday Night. <laughs> my daughter tells me she is lighting a cigarette in Category 2 wins. She tells me that the water is rising but she will not leave her home. She is listening to Morrissey. She is listening to Hendrix. She is smoking on the deck while her boyfriend offers her fresh baked chicken, processed potato skins, documentaries on Netflix about drownings and electrical outages that happened years ago. Her sister survived last year's hurricane in Florida, where I had an out-of-body experience. Two days in the car with my chain-smoking friend and her haunted cell phone that lit up at every mile marker ending in the number three. And I rose above the mannequin at the corner of Eucalyptus and Cowboy Way, her oversized Barbie face and sun-stripped hair seducing me to buy homegrown tomatoes. Above the car that no longer shifted to reverse, forcing us forward without rear brakes for 500 miles. Above Boris, the strawberry-eating pig that my grandson's other grandmother could not bear to slaughter. All this to say that my girl children should be dead, but they are not. They are lightning trapped in bones. They will never lie down in still waters. They will walk from rooms. They will stand in front of boarded windows without flinching or blinking. They will lift the pool cage from its root. They will bury me in a shallow grave and tell stories of their childhoods where I am a witch in mother's clothing. They will bring out the Ouija board from beneath the bed. They will join hands and summon me back to the shores of the living. My daughters love that poem, by the way. <laughs> I agree completely. Oh my gosh, I love this. Wow. And I just love this format too. I mean, usually with my show, we the, I have this nice uh, chat with the author and then I hand the floor over and then I sit back and be quiet while the author does the reading. This is so nice because then I can follow up right away with like, oh my gosh, this is, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning, lightning in their bodies. Oh my gosh! Lightning wow. trapped in bones. Yes, yep. yes. Oh my gosh! Because it, it's there's a part of me that's like, what does it mean? And yet and the other part of me is going like, I want to hear it again. Like this was it was so amazing. This was great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I I think you know if I look at this poem, I think it's sort of talking about our family you know, and everything we've been through. And and we'll continue, you know. There's no guarantees, you know. I think there's that thing, you know, you've had this horrible tragedy and, and that's it. You know, life's going to be smooth sailing now. And it's like, well, I wish that was true. <laughs> but, you know, it's we're still living our human lives. And, and literally, I have, you know, a daughter in... Uh, Florida and the other one was living in North Carolina and you know they both like hurricanes brushed <laughs> near them so um, well I think uh, it, it sounds like a couple of Friday nights I know my wife and I've had with our kids before <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah I, I think it's a little bit too about um you know, I, I say that parenting is, it, you have to play the long game, 
in parenting. You know, there's not there's not much short-term gratification. You have to see where you're going. And, you know, I was a single mom of three teenagers at one point in my life, and we all lived to tell the tale. And I, I now am blessed to say that I have good relationships with all three of my kids. And, and this poem's a little bit about that, too, about them deciding that maybe their mom isn't the wicked witch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we go through trials, we go through a lot of tribulations, and the lucky ones come out on the other side with you know, a little bit wiser, a little bit uh, stronger but always with, uh, I think, with an appreciation of what's, uh, what may be ahead as, as opposed yep. to looking back. And you certainly have done a good job of, of doing that, embracing the future. And uh, this, is, this is amazing. This is fantastic work. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I, I, I do. It means, it means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so happy you've been on here. I'm so happy that you've come on here to read some of this. And I, I just, I, I really hope uh, everybody gets a chance to, uh, everybody, I mean, you're listening, right, people? So go and pick up a copy of this, The uh, Morning Walk with Dead Possum, Breakfast in Parallel Universe. Uh, it, this is really cool. And and you've got the book on Kindle Unlimited, so it's free yep, for everybody it's to on grab Kindle, it. yep. Uh, it's you can buy it uh, from the publisher at Animal Heart Press. It's on Amazon. It's on um, Barnes and Noble. You know, I'm on Twitter, Beth Gordon Poet. I'm on Facebook, Beth Gordon. I have copies. Contact me directly. I'll sign a copy for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were talking before the show, and you were telling me how you were you were a little shy and, and a little bit. Not sure how to do all this, but you were on top of it. You got ahead of it before I could even ask where people can <laughs> You know what you're doing. <laughs> well, I have, I, since this is all, you know, by phone, you can't see, but I have been sipping wine while we've been talking. So, you know, <laughs> that helps too. <laughs> I've got my bottle of whiskey in the fridge waiting for me for afterwards. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, so now, and so you're on Facebook and Twitter. Do you have a website or another place to people? Um, I've staked my claim to my domain of BethGordonPoet.com, and I have a friend, uh, and we're we're working to get that up and going. So, oh, fantastic! Stay tuned. Yeah, that stay that's, tuned. that has been my experience. That that's a major step is at least grabbing your name and getting that yeah. URL. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this friend of mine kind of does that for a living, and he's like, he's like, we can decide what's next, but let's get that now, and and it's yours. So, yes, so yes. we have done that. Absolutely, we have done that. And before I, I know we've got uh, we've got one more we'll go into here, but before we do that, I I do want to make sure everybody knows that too, to be looking forward to another book that you've got. Your second one has already been picked up. Yep. So the name of my um, second book is called Particularly Dangerous Situation, and it's going to be published by Claire Songbird Publishing and waiting to, again, waiting to, to find out exactly when that's going to be. I'm hoping by the end of the year, but but I know they've got, um, you know, some books in, in front of me in line. So stay tuned. There you go. That's perfect. So everyone listening, make sure you click on the links to go and follow Beth Gordon on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And who knows between now and when this episode comes out, uh, maybe the website will be up or maybe there'll be another way to follow her along. But that would be the best way to find out when this next book is coming out at the same time. But don't wait. Go get this one now because this is a lot <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Miss Gordon, hmm. thank you so much. This has been oh, thank a lot you. Of fun, and I, I really, really enjoyed this. Oh, uh, thank you so much. This is this is great. I think this is wonderful what you're doing. I think it's great that you're writing again, and that that you've created this space, you know, for writers. I I know, you know, I'm a poetry editor for an online journal, and when you're doing 
everything else that you're trying to do and keep something like this going. I know it's a lot of work. Um, I know you've had a long day and then you you come home and you do this. And so I really, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, uh, uh, well, that's very sweet of you to say. This is the best part of my day is getting to getting to come home and, and speak to my fellow authors. And, you know, this takes away any kind of troubles from the day and, uh, any other things once I get to sit down and, and it's just, oh, I had a rough day. I don't even remember now because it's <laughs> well, I mean, good. Yeah, good. This, is, this was this is the magic part of the day for me. So I love it. This is it's completely my pleasure. So, well, uh, do we need uh, do we need any information about this final poem? Anything we should know? Um, we go into yeah. It? So. So I would just say that I think I mentioned earlier, I like uh, often I'll take different ideas and, and sometimes I I have these different things floating around and I, it's like a puzzle. I know they fit together. I'm not quite sure how yet, but I, I know it'll come to me. And I remember when I was thinking about this poem, actually I thought about it for a long time and was talking to my friend JD about it. I remember him being like, oh my God, just write the poem. <laughs> Last year, I became a grandmother again when my grandson Theodore was born, and I was thinking about him growing up in the in the world and the so much violence in the world, and sadly, so much violence caused by by men, and not wanting him to be that person. I also was thinking about the idea of how music and tragedy, music, and horrible events are often interlinked, you know, the the Titanic, you know, the band playing. And I was watching a Ken Burns documentary on the Civil War, (laughs) and this title came from a line from that. And so this, this, this poem is really for my grandson. It's called During the Battle of Gettysburg, the Union Band Played Polkas. I cradle my grandson like a hymnal, like a nestless whippoorwill, a bursting of uninvented words. I will never tell him of kitchen walls stained with blood, the books used for pillows saturated with mucus, gray brain matter, while the squeeze box groaned and sputtered. I cannot build a blanket, never mastered the art of knit and pearl, of new white eggs boiling in water until ready to be cracked and skinned. But I know that a violin is better than a coffin. I sing soft syllables into his ear. I sing his name until he believes that he is the only song I know that winter nothing should burn but his heart, that I want him to be the choir, the wool, the feathers, not the bullet, not the ice-skinned man holding a knife at our throats. I want him to march to cicada and cricket, wind chime, the sound of dandelions clawing through dirt, the crackle of flame, coyotes barking at the moon, not a drum or war cry to pull him from sleep and lure him to a living nightmare without quilts or penny whistles. Better to go down with the ship, to open himself up like page 523, nearer my God to thee, to be the hand without murder, his mouth unable to translate instructions for constructing a homemade hydrogen bomb. Better to share bread and carry the single surviving banjo over earthquake-shifted ground. Better to fill the lifeboat with grandmothers like a second-line parade, brassy and loud. That was poet Beth Gordon reading several poems from her debut book, Morning Walk with Dead Possum, Breakfast and Parallel Universe. 
It's by Animal Heart Press. It's available now. Actually, it's available wide, but you can click the links in the show notes for this book and more ways to follow Beth. Don't forget to also click the links for our friends of the show and especially our sponsors. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button because as a subscriber, you don't miss out next week when I come back with a new author that you don't want to miss, (laughs) a new book, and a new sample chapter. Take care, everybody. See you again real soon.